Welcome to the Live Lucky Podcast, where we discuss the lucky strategies that bridge the gap between who you are and who you want to be. I'm your host, Blake Suzellis. Get ready to face the worst of yourself, shift your perspectives, deepen your love, and broaden your wisdom to live and lead others in a lucky life. Welcome everybody back to the Live Lucky Podcast. So much thank you so much for tuning in today. Guys, we have another special treat for you. We've got another interview, and this is with Elizabeth. She's part of the Live Lucky Therapy uh, coaching training program. And uh, she's here to share about her story today. And, and and so thank you, Elizabeth, so much for coming today and and being able to share your story with me today. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be here. Oh, thanks, Elizabeth. Well, now we have known each other, obviously, for a little bit of time. And so I know that you have a, a unique history that other people in the program and, you know, maybe even our listeners have never experienced. And so uh, you grew up in the Amish community. And so I was hoping, you know, as part of sharing about your history and, you know, where you've been, um, you could maybe start there and just tell us a little bit about what that was like, and then we can kind of go into more of your story uh, later, and we'll just take it from there. All right. Yeah, so growing up in the Amish community, um, it was a great life, definitely. I still appreciate a lot of the things that I learned in that lifestyle, but it was very sheltered, um, very protected, obviously, didn't have didn't have a lot of room to grow or I guess the way I would describe it is almost like being in chains, um, mm -hmm. kind of being bound up in the way that our parents taught us to not only how to live, but how to think. And so definitely felt suffocated at times. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it was a very a very dark and depressing life, I would say. Hmm. What's so interesting, because I'm seeing this kind of polarized dynamic, even in how you're sharing it, you're like, it was a good life, but then there was some definite darkness to it. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you want to expound on that at all, but. You know, I think I'll start kind of with almost in the beginning of my growing up years, my early years of, um, in my early childhood, my brother was diagnosed with leukemia and that was at a very young age. So I was kind of put into different homes, had different caretakers in those early years. And then after my brother's leukemia was in, he was in remission. My mom was diagnosed with cancer. Mm. So my first years of life were very rocky and, I kind of, I feel like I kind of learned how to take care of my own emotional needs. And as I grew older, I didn't really know how to, how to need my parents. And it was very frustrating for my parents as a young teenager. They, they wanted to be a part of my life and they wanted communication with me. And I really didn't know how, how to communicate with them. But I also got very I fell into a really deep, dark depression because of that, you know, just feeling so, so alone. And it took me into a really 
deep, dark pit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the two main words that really kind of stick out to me is you're saying, you know, lonely and depressed, right? I mean, and, and how that, and this is not an uncommon story, right? I mean, people who experience loneliness, that oftentimes leads to depression and, and, and then it kind of feeds it as well. Um, wow. That doesn't sound like a real fun place to be. Um, what, what actually happened next then in the story? Um, so that was in my young teenage years trying to, I'm trying to even remember. I know that my parents, um, I also, at that time, I also started dealing with headaches. I had a lot of headaches that were just like, it really affected the way I was, you know, interacting with people, just the way I was living life. I had lots of stomach issues that were concerning for my parents. Um, they took me to, you know, many different doctors to try and find the kind of the root problem of what was going on. And no one ever really had answers. Um, there was a time, I would say maybe 15, 16 years old when I um, went through these cycles of either overeating or I would not eat at all. Some days I would count bites of food. I remember writing down like, one bite of carrots or, you know, whatever it was, I was like keeping track of whatever I was eating. Um, I was dealing with anxiety. There were times when it was almost like out of control. I didn't, my heart was racing and it was like, I didn't know how I would get to the other side of that. And then that led to suicidal, suicidal thoughts. And there was a time when I would journal about all the ways that I would end my life. And in at that time, that's what actually brought relief because it seemed like that would be a way to, to end the pain of what I was experiencing. And so I struggled. I dealt with that for a while. And then my mom passed away. And it was at that time where it was kind of like a breaking point of either, you know, something has to happen. Mm. And so that's when I reached out for counseling. And I started with counseling and that was definitely helpful processing through um, some of the things and, you know, understanding where some of these feelings were coming from, but the counseling alone still didn't get me to the place of where I'm at today. Mm. My goodness. I mean, if I can just recap here, Elizabeth, there's so much going on that you've shared. I mean, yeah, we start out kind of with this idea of loneliness and depression, but it sounds like it was so much more than that. I mean, you were sharing about not only anxiety and maybe like even some eating disorder type of tendencies. Um, you're experiencing suicidal thoughts. And then, of course, you've got the loss of your mother. I mean, like there are so many pieces of this puzzle that are just adding to not a real great place to be in that moment, but uh, it sounded like the counseling was in some ways that first glimpse of a light mm -hmm. and uh, you started kind of maybe thinking and doing and being different. I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe if you can kind of talk about that a little bit more, or if you even want to jump in and share, cause you've, you kind of said, but that's not where I'm at now. And you're welcome to even say, Hey, this is what I'm at like now. And we'll just go backwards. <laughs> however you want to do it. <laughs> So the counseling, what the counseling really did for me was just give me a glimpse of hope, mm -hmm. hope that there is, 
that I can survive the life that I was living and hope that there's light at the end of the tunnel. You know, I think the counseling really just helped me maybe for the first time in my life to see that there can be a different or a better life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's what the counseling, where the counseling really came in to be a big help. Um, but where I'm at now, I mean, there's just, I feel like I'm living a life that's colorful, Um, vibrant, full of joy. And of course there's still daily challenges and obstacles, but there's, I'm not in that deep, dark pit of depression, hopelessness, despair. It's like, I see myself where I was at, like at the bottom of that black pit. And just slowly, I kind of like came to the top and I'm out of the pit, like in this bright world. That's amazing. So, so literally, if you're you're kind of using color as the way that you're expressing what you experienced, there was this literally darkness. Yes. And then now we're kind of the the hope was kind of the light, and now you walked through the hope, and now you're living in color again. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's Definitely. so amazing. Well, I'm also curious. Like, obviously, you're you're not living in the Amish community now. I am not. (laughs) And so, I mean, I don't know if most people understand what that means to leave the Amish community. Would you mind sharing a little bit about that? Because that, I think, is also something just, you know, as a Yankee, (laughs) we don't always (laughs) understand that. (laughs) Yeah, sure. So for someone that leaves the Amish community, um, when you make that choice, you are literally cutting ties with family and friends. And so there's, you know, all the rejection pretty much, well, it felt like rejection at that time of, you know, walking out of my parents' house and saying goodbye um, and not knowing if and when I would see them again. And, you know, best friends, having best friends reach out to me and tell me they wish I would have died and how um, death my death would have been easier for them than seeing me, you know, leave the Amish. And so, yeah, it's a really, it's a really big decision to, um, to make that choice to walk away from the Amish community. Also, I guess another piece that I could share is when, when someone leaves. So for example, after I left the people in the church, the Amish church grieved my loss So they would go to church, they would wear black to kind of grieve the loss of, you know, me straying off into the world. Um, People would visit my dad and my sister, they would bring them flowers, they would bring them meals. So pretty much same as they do when someone actually passes away. Um, So yeah, that was, it took me, I would say at least four years for me to really accept the way that things, kind of the parting that I went through. And kind of that new normal and just really stepping into that. Yes. I mean, I can't even imagine the courage, the amount of courage that it took to do that. I mean, to leave everything and everyone behind that you ever knew. And not only that, being told how bad you were because of doing it. I, I mean, I can't even imagine, Elizabeth. <laughs> this is, wow. Um, 
Yeah. So obviously that courage allowed you to step into a, a new normal, but it doesn't sound like, I mean, it took you four years to really kind of find your legs under you, it sounds mm -hmm. like. And so it wasn't this smooth, easy thing that, you know, happened even in three months, six months, it was four years of just trying to really figure out, okay, what is my new normal? Yes, definitely took a while. And um, yeah, you definitely played a big part in that, Blake, to kind of guide me through those first years of leaving and kind of cheering me on to get through that. Yeah. Oh, and, and I remember, and I just, the same thoughts I'm having now, like, I cannot believe how brave she is. <laughs> like, I mean, seriously, I mean, I can't even imagine leaving everything behind, but that also to me communicates really how dark the pit was yes, for you. Exactly. You know? And so, I mean, instead of suicide, you decided to leave. And in both ways, it sounds like it was a death. I mean, really, you know, for the community, for your family, it was literally whether it was suicide or leaving, it was a, it was a death. Mm -hmm. And it's probably how it felt for you and why it took so long to kind of really work through that grieving process and loss. And um, that's a lot to manage. Well, I'm here and so thankful to be on the other side. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't mean to kind of focus so much on the past. You know, it's just um, I, I think, you know, when people are hearing this, they may be able to identify with parts of that story of of seeing being in that pit. And so for you to say, you know what? there is another option beyond death. Like suicide is not that that could be an option on the table for you right now. But you know what? There are different ways that can lead you to where you are now. Like you said, living in the light, living in color. Um, and so if you could, I mean, what do you feel like brought you to living in this place right now? That is a good question. <laughs> <laughs> So oh, I believe, you know, starting with the Live Lucky program did something for me that no other counseling had done, not that other counseling's bad or anything. So thankful for it. But the Live Lucky program really helped me to, as I like to say, go to the center of myself and really helped me to explore who I was as a person and what what my purpose is and what my what my identity really is. And that's where this journey or where the beginning of like the light really started coming into play here. Mm. Well, and, you know, growing up in the Amish community, it's you were saying basically everything outside of you dictated who you were. Yes. And then to be told that it doesn't have to be that way. And, and actually that that you know, isn't even a helpful way of doing things mm -hmm. that outside in approach wasn't helping you. And so this new idea of an inside out approach sounds like it was totally radical in some ways, because that's not how you grew up. But at the same time, like that is the same thing that allowed you to really step into the hope in a, a really uh, impactful way. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. Mm. That's awesome. Well, is there any part of, you know, being in the Live Lucky program that just really stood out to you beyond 
just that the overall approach was there anything in specifically that was like man i know that this was something that was also really impactful I would need some time to really think on that just because I know there's been so many impactful parts of this program. Like I have so many journals, you know, written full page after page since I started the program. Um, yeah, I offhand, I really don't have anything at yeah. the moment. <laughs> no, that's okay. I mean, you know, even sharing about, you know, that you've got journals and journals, it's like, I think that's fair to say that it's not this program that you just sit and let happen to you. <laughs> right. You know, would you mind speaking even on that part of it? Just like what, what a time commitment, what did the effort, like, what did if, what was it like for you being in the program? Oh, it was amazing. Like it was so, I looked forward to every week getting the, weekly videos, doing the one-on-ones, um, because there, it was always, there was so much growth that happened each week. And some weeks I was like, wow, I can't imagine that there could be more growth, but yet <laughs> it just kind of kept going. And it was really exciting to see what would, you know, what would happen next. Um, time commitment. It was a commitment that I made to, I had to make the commitment before I started the program. And I was very, it was just something that I decided I'm paying for it. And I'm, you know, I want to put in the time and make sure I'm, I'm doing what I need to do. Definitely looking back, I wish I would have spent more time. And I, I feel like I would like to do the program again, just because I know I would learn so much more and, you know, maybe even learn things that I missed in this past year. Um, but yeah, just really amazing throughout the whole journey. Yeah. It, it's so funny. That's been the con common theme. Everyone feels like, man, I wish I would have done more in, in terms of time. And, and, and like you're saying, there is so much that's coming every single week. And so, you know, sometimes, you know, we're consuming and not having time to digest because we've already got the next, you know, helping coming. And, and so, you know, you're like, Oh man, it'd be nice to really kind of go back through again and digest yes. some more. And, um, and I know that we had talked about, you know, there were so many weeks where we could have spent a month or two months just on that one particular topic. Um, so there is, it is definitely a lot. Yeah. Mm. Yes. Ah, well, Elizabeth, you know, I really appreciate you sharing, you know, your story about where you came from, where you're at now. Um, is there anything else that it's like, you know what, I'd really like people to consider this or think about this? Um, I think my main, I just, I just desire for all people to know that there's hope, yeah. whatever they're going through, there is hope and yeah, I just wish I could like send all the love out to people out there that feel alone and in a deep, dark pit. Mm. Well, truly, I mean, we have talked about how our change stories are kind of that hope igniter for other people's change mm -hmm. stories. So, Elizabeth, I really appreciate you being here and, and sharing your story of hope that, you know, people don't have to stay in that pit. Mm -hmm. You are the example and model of, of actually working through all of that. And, uh, 
And I know that you're going through the coaching program and that technically people could actually come to you and you could be their coach. Isn't that cool? Uh, Very exciting. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we'll go ahead and call it a day here, Elizabeth. I mean, this obviously won't be the last time we hear from you. Um, but thank you so much for coming here and, and, and offering that beacon of hope and that torch of hope for other people right now who might be in that pit. Um, yeah. Or lonely. I mean, that was the other big one you had talked about, just dark and lonely. And so, um, but there's another way and there is hope. Yeah. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to share. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks so much, Elizabeth. Have a great day. Have a great day, everybody. We'll catch you next time.